pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's the RJ Ochoa Show on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. What's going on in Jerry's world? What's the latest from Cowboy Camp? Find out right here, Friday mornings at 7.30 and 9.30 with the manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Here's Robin Rudy. It's R&R and RJ. Welcome back to R&R in the morning. It's time for the RJ Ochoa Show. Show. Wow. He of Blogging the Boys. Welcome on, RJ. How are you this fine morning? It's great to be with you guys. Uh, happy almost weekend. Uh, happy, hopefully, the end of all this stupid heat. Uh, happy um, preseason. Happy almost Labor Day. Um, and just happy day in general. Monday, Sunday, happy days, or whatever the song is. Um, Happy yeah. Good days. Time. That's Cal- not the song I was thinking of. No? No, I was thinking the Happy Days theme song. Sunday, I think, Monday, Happy I think that's days. what Rudy was singing. I was singing the church song. Oh, you were. Yeah. So, yeah. Cowboys break camp. They do so in a rather chippy mood, getting ready to head up to Seattle. What are the position battles we should be paying attention to tomorrow night? Um, I think the least glamorous one is probably along the interior of the offensive line. That's probably the only spot where they still have some enormous question marks. Zach Martin is back, and that's awesome. Uh, but but outside of him, behind him, you're you're kind of up a creek uh, at this point in time. And so uh, that's definitely something that I think you know merits watching. If if you're into wide receiver six battles, uh, yes. because I think most <laughs> most people are. I am. Uh, you know who uh, who winds up with that sixth spot if Jalen Brooks can kind of reclaim it if Simi Fajoko can fight him off. Uh, that's definitely something that that I'll be attuned to as well. And even the kind of bottom end of the cornerback group, um, Kelvin Joseph mm-hmm. hung on a little bit last week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can do that again. Thankfully, the Cowboys haven't had any real injury situations that would force, you know, one you know person to make the roster or be on the pop list or anything like that to this point. But um, that's that's where things are the diciest across the whole group. What, what, why are the rumblings about LVE lining up on the outside and rushing the passer? If, if that does happen, why is that happening? And if it does, who takes his, his spot if he's able to move outside, RJ? Um, well, the rumblings are there because it's happening, right? Because right. that's, you know, they're, they're but I'm just saying it. to actually um, do it in a real game, like, you know, you're, you're playing Philly, a real regular season game, but go, I mean, I get practice, you're trying things out, but go ahead. Just to be, Clear and I actually forgot this. Um, he actually did it last year during oh, the regular I didn't, season. Oh, I, I missed so, that. Yeah, no, I I did too. Um, you know, I I had to kind of go reconnect or, or not even read, but you know, connect those dots for the first time. So, um, so the Cowboys are probably like, y'all are freaking out when we actually have already done <laughs> already this. Done this right. um, I I mean, I think the the genesis for it is. Uh, today's NFL is is very reminiscent of you know when you're in high school. It's like who's the fastest kid, who's the strongest kid. Like 
how can we have that dude impact things the most? Um, and so there is pretty much positionless football at this point. I mean, there is no wow. real player on the Cowboys defense that kind of does one thing. I mean, obviously, Micah Parsons does everything. Demarcus Lawrence can kick inside. They can kick outside a lot of their edge rushers. Obviously, Leighton Van Der can put his hand in the dirt. Dan Quinn was one of these pioneers at, at this linebacker-safety hybrid that J. Ron Kirst kind of plays. You see that a lot across the NFL now with a lot of teams playing three safeties all the time. And so um, it's just a matter of, like, who are our 11 best dudes? What positions do they play? Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. We're going to find a way to wreak havoc no matter what. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys joining us here on R&R. Yesterday, Dak Prescott post-practice was asked if he'll be more of a game manager this year. Mm. Thoughts on a game management position with the Dallas Cowboys and whether he will be or needs to be more of a game manager? I think people have a stigma with that, um, which is somewhat fair and and a stereotype of like, oh, all you do is, I mean, like I think Alex Smith is kind of like your vintage game manager. Garoppolo. Um, Yeah, your bus driver. Yeah. Right. Um, And that's okay. (laughs) Thank you. uh, There's nothing wrong uh, with it. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it if you have the talent. Like, you know, nobody needs uh, the Justin Herbert 70-yard, you know, travel distance throws every drive. And so – um, Dak certainly has the capability to, to make some big-time plays, but I, I do think that we'll see that perception of Dak grow as the season goes along. I mean, one of the foundational principles to the West Coast offense, I know that these dudes had lunch at On the Border, so they, they want to call it the Texas Coast offense, <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it's, it's about getting the ball out quickly, and, and that means easy completions. That means dump-offs to your running backs, to your tight ends down shallow, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Dak flirts with a career high in completion percentage this year. And it looks like, oh, well, this dude went, you know, 23 of 27 today, but he only threw for 190 yards. Why are y'all freaking out and singing his names and, and praising him so much? But that's that's the name of the game. I mean, if, if generally speaking, if you have a high completion percentage and you're throwing the ball a lot, good things will kind of happen around that. Talk, I want to go back to the defensive side of things, RJ. Talk to me about Overshone. I know with this big UT country, and you talk about positionless. You know, he. I feel like he's definitely one of those guys that can go from safety to linebacker mm-hmm. to wherever you may be. Where do you see him fitting into the, what, what Dan Quinn wants to do? Yeah, I mean, when when the Cowboys drafted him, um, I lamented it because of the institution of supposedly higher learning that he chose for his, his personal <laughs> life. Um, but... Um, but um, the the kind of common thought was, oh, here's the J. Ron Curse replacement, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the J. Ron Curse entering the final year of his deal, he'll be, I mean, because he played safety, uh, Overshone did. And so it's like, you've got that guy. And, and, you know, you praise that kind of thing. You're always building and looking ahead. Um, and so while I, I maintain that that is true and potentially true, uh, you asked who's playing linebacker. Leighton Vander is just putting his head, in, his hand in the ground. It's overshone, and he did that last week. Last week, I mean, it's a preseason game, and you know nobody is going to freak out about it. But he looked great. I mean, he looked great as kind of this thumper in the middle of the defense. And so, um, I think that's his role this year is to just kind of be be water right? and travel, find the gaps. And, oh, excuse me, uh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, uh, it's. That's if you're that agile and that athletic, I think you can be compared to Bruce Lee. And so, uh, again, d- despite the the recent um, you know sort of educational transgressions against him, I uh, I have no problem putting Demarvin Overshawn in that company. 
RJ Ochoa sitting with us for his regular pit stop on Fridays. Uh, continuing with Dak Prescott, and part of, you know, on this game manager thing in this new offense, he said, it's important for me to understand the flow of the game as much as anything and um, when I'm, and when to really test the risk versus reward. So I'm trying to read into what's being drummed into his head as he's learning this new offense. And do you, was he making poor decisions or was it poor play calling in a lot of instances last year that led to turnovers and whatever arguments we might have? I, I know it's a cop-out answer, but I, I think it's all symbiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I mean, it really is like, like the symbiosis in Spider-Man that overtakes you and turns you into somebody that you don't even recognize in a, in a version of yourself. Um, and, and so I think, you know, um, I mean, Keanu Reeves put it well. I mean, it is. He always man, does. Right? Like, you, you, you know, like you, you take one step and, and you, the harder you try to kind of fight your way out of that, the more you tend to kind of sink in. And so it's like, okay, you know. I've got to go get that one back. And so it's like, and, and I think that's a mistake that a lot of young players make is, okay, dude, yeah, you threw a pick six, right? Like that's the worst possible thing that could happen. No matter what you do, even if you have that Justin Herbert 70-yard bomb mm-hmm. on the very first play, the touchdown isn't worth double, right? Like you, you can't go get it back. Like it's gone. You have to accept that. You have to move on. Um, and so I think that we, we are seeing that disposition from the team as a whole. As far as the clunkiness, I mean, I, I think aggression's a part of it. But I think that they've done their best to kind of clean up what they can on their end from a controllable aspect. And so, um, and, and I think that that all kind of boils down to understanding the why. Every offensive player you all spoke with told you that, that they're being, you know, drilled. They're, they're right. having the why drilled into them. They understand why each play call is happening, why different elements of play calls are happening. Um, and it all obviously revolves around Dak Prescott. There was a great report. Um, over by at Yahoo Sports uh, a week and a half ago by Jory Epstein uh, about how Cowboys wide receivers every every play that they are learning and installing they understand how many you know drops Dak Prescott has because that affects your timing right mm-hmm. if you're running an option route and you know this is a four step drop for Dak Prescott the timing associated with that for him is dramatically different as opposed to say a seven step drop back and so you have to be aware of those things so that you can be conscious of when I break in or I break out, the ball is either going to be here or not going to be here. I have this time. I don't have that time. So on a fundamental level, it seems like they're trying to get on the same page on those little things. Well, RJ, my point here is they weren't already doing all of this. This just seems like I was telling Rudy earlier, like, duh. They they weren't counting Uh footsteps and they weren't. They didn't understand the flow of the game and third and eight and why we're calling it after, you know, the previous play. It just seems to me that that's just these are professionals and they weren't doing this and now it's kind of a radical change. I think that the counter to that, not that I want to crap on what they're doing now, but would be maybe you know Kellen Moore felt that was unnecessary. I mean, you know, maybe if, if I was an off if I was an offensive coordinator and all of a sudden I acquired Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or CeeDee Lamb, I would say, you know what, CeeDee. You've got great instincts. Go right? play. Like, Go I, play. I get you. Yeah. I see where you're at. And, and our, I expect our that you know that. Why right. should I have to talk about it? Right. So you you could argue that this is a bit controlling. You could argue things like that. And, you know, mm. I think and, and, and hope that this is, is designed to be sort of a, a guideline, a sort of framework of how to live and where to operate within. Um, but it's it's I wouldn't say the other end of the spectrum, but it's a different way to rock. Um, I see this as a positive while I'm asking you this, uh, RJ. Can Jalen Tobert be Cedric Wilson? Mm. 
I see that as a positive. Uh, no, that's not a knock. Great. That's not a knock. Is it possible? Yeah. We actually, on our roundtable show on Tuesday night, posited which receiving group was better. The 2021 Cowboys that, that mm. featured Amari Cooper at the helm with a, a lesser version that's than now uh, of CeeDee Lamb. Uh, and Michael Gallup prior to the injury. And Cedric Wilson, obviously, is that, that fourth kind of guy. I think the, the alpha of CeeDee Lamb that we're seeing now, uh, between two, the two years, is probably the best receiver of the eight options. I think he's, he's better than, than even Amari was two years sure, ago. Yeah. With all due respect sure. to Amari. Um, Brandon Cooks elevates things, but there is such a question mark. It's a great, your question is a great one because Cedric Wilson was such a low-key, high-level contributor um and and that really matters i mean that's that's why teams like the eagles last year are so good because it feels like man every dude who plays a snap for these guys is playing at a high level and contributing at a high level and so i think that that's a great opportunity for Jalen Tolbert right now there are a lot of people you know on twitter or x um who think that uh that he could potentially supplant michael gallup as the team's Mm -hmm. third receiver um that that exists in the world of possibilities yeah i mean Jalen Tolbert right now if, if you're willing to be open, is is on pace for something like that. Um, he he looks the part at this point. Agreed. Fahoko done. I mean, um, which one? Oh, yeah, really, the receiver Fahoko. <laughs> <Hoko, laughs> yeah, right. Um, he's got a really prominent Twitter or TikTok following. I don't know if this is a, a Ben DiNucci. I don't think he's in radio. I don't think that's important uh, overall, but. Um, no, what I mean is, like, I, I think he's the, the kind of person who can parlay playing for the Cowboys into a, a post-football career the way Ben DiNucci has, even though he's You're going to make some football. hats, sell some hats. Right. Um, so it's just – it's time is working against Simi, too. He might be the better player mm-hmm. um, at this moment in time, but Jalen Brooks is on year one of a four-year, seventh-round rookie contract, and that matters a lot. Not that Simi's making big money. Um, but to me, you're about to lose team control over Simi. I mean, it's, it's a long game all the time. And that's why Simi has beaten out some, some veterans in the past. And so, um, I, I think Jalen Brooks has the inside track of the advantage. What do you say to Patrick Mahomes saying we need the preseason yeah. and Mike McCarthy saying we don't, where do you come out on it? Is this, is it just like to each his own? Where do you come out on it? Um, yeah, I, I think it is to each their own. And I, you know, I think everybody has different motivations. Um, I think some people, I'm, I'm not pointing fingers, uh, will take what one said and, you know, use it as proof positive against the other line of thought. Um, there are, there are multiple facts. ways to do this, right? Like <laughs> That's facts. There, there are, there are a lot of ways to go about this. And personally, um, I'm a little, and I, I can say this comfortably from my home office and not the Dallas Cowboys sideline, I'm a little motivated by fear. I mean, we've come this far. Like, like think about how far we have come and all the life we have lived since the Cowboys lost to the 49ers in the divisional round of the playoffs. We had to go through St. Patrick's Day and the Masters and the clock springing forward and, you know, the Nuggets going wild in the NBA Finals and the hottest summer of all time that is still happening, and we're still not even there yet. So, like, I just do not want to play with that fire at this point in time. I, I think, you know, Mike McCarthy said they didn't scrimmage with another team because he feels prepared. And, yeah, maybe that if, – if they don't win the Super Bowl, that comes back to bite them and you look stupid, right? It's like the team that always there's, – there's always the team that reports last across the NFL, like the training camp by a day or two, and it's like, oh, what were you doing? Why, why weren't you working those extra two days the way the Packers were? 
Um, so it's, I mean, Mike McCarthy's been at this a long time. I think he understands kind of what the best situation is for his team. As they head back to the star and padded practices done, I mean, when you get to this point, what will be this, the cut line? I'm, I'm watching Blogging the Boys every day to see the projected 53. Um, let's talk about tight end, fullback. What will be a weird position that we will or won't see get a little bit of extra coming in that you might that you expect? That's a great question. In fact, the question of the day, which is an award that I'll hand out every Friday, Thank goes you. to Rob Thompson. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go home. I'm dropping the mic. It's done. Uh, so um, it, it's funny because people, you know, you hear the term like 53-man roster projection. There aren't 53 spots available. Like I, I feel right. like people Good are point. like, oh, there's, there's like four spots available that are, that are truly up, you know, and, and up for contention or something like that. And so that's one of them. Um, it, I mean, at this moment, if the Cowboys only carried three running backs, I would be fine. Right? You've got Tony Pollard, Deuce Vaughn, and then pick one. You want Rico Dowdle, you want Malik Davis, fine. Um, I'd rather carry that extra tight end. And maybe you want Hunter Lipke, who's a fullback, um, in that mix too. But you've got Jake Ferguson. You've got – I mean, Jake Ferguson's making the team. Luke Schoonmaker's making the team. Peyton Hendershot might be on some, some thin Stewart ice. Is Stewart going to take – is it Stewart, the, the fourth string not undrafted – what's the fourth string tight end? That, it's, John Stevens Stevenson, Jr. that guy um, can play. Yeah, he he's your receiving threat. Um, I mean, he's the one that's kind of making this a conversation. They've kept Sean McEwen around for a little while now. For he's kind of the Kellen Moore of tight ends. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna have to make some decisions there so that you can go long elsewhere. I, I think they'll only carry two quarterbacks. They'll have the emergency third. Oh. Do they want to go long at, along the interior of the offensive line because you know everybody sucks like. You know, but tight end, fullback, running back, um, that cowboy back position, that's a weird spot where, like you're saying, you could be, you could see five, six tight ends depending on how they classify Hunter Lipsky. Yeah, I, I was, I don't, I can't remember, RJ, it was maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, I just, for giggles, I looked up the depth chart and I saw Mozzie is second string. Anything to that or is it, or he's for sure starting? Or should I not pay any attention I mean, to their depth chart at all? Right I would now. say it's probably the last thing you said. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the the depth chart now is a procedural thing, right? You just uh, got to put it out. Like, Who cares what's on there? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's like it's like Taylor Swift's set list. She's going to sing 20 more songs, you know what I mean, no yeah. matter what. Um, and so I just thought that was weird. Thing. I was like, wait a minute. Well, I mean, it just to, I guess, fully answer your question, the first depth chart that the Atlanta Falcons released had Bijan Robinson yeah, that's true. running back on the team. All right, enough so. said. We can move on. We can move. RJ, you're too good at what you do to be sharing what Rob Gronkowski thinks. You know, I mean, again, I know he's a four-time champion. I get it. But Rob Gronkowski, that's what the Cowboy fans are laying their hat on these days, that Rob Gronkowski says you're going to win the Super Bowl. You rolled with that? You're better than that, um, RJ. So you mentioned that I was good at what I do. I, I no, you're great at what you true. do. You're great at what you do. I um, shouldn't have said good. The, Insta- the, Insta- uh, the TikTok video has 20,000 views. Um, <laughs> so that's what we're going off of? Views? Well, I mean, but that is what we're graded the, on. The, <laughs> the, the Instagram post has 700 likes, among them Rudy J. Uh, I liked it. So, of course. Um, I'm going to show you love, bro, whether I agree or not. Look, I mean, we're at a time of year where, like, this is, like, it. look, Kate McAllister, God bless her heart, was wrong. 
Christmas is not the season of perpetual hope. August is the season of perpetual hope. Right now, everyone can win the Super Bowl. And if you watch that whole clip, um, Rob's appearance, not this Rob, that Rob, mm-hmm. um, on, uh, on Kay Adams' show, his, his like, line of logic was that he would pick the Cowboys in the Super Bowl because he was asked for a team he would bet on. And he right. was like, here's the thing, like, you don't want to bet on the favorites because you're not going to win a lot of money. And so his point was, like, the Cowboys are kind of right in that sweet spot. And then he, he justified it. It wasn't like a Gronk, like, Cowboys, boom. Like, it was like, hey, look, they added Brandon Cooks, who he played with. They added Stephon Gilmore, who he played with. He was like, they've been close. They've been in the playoffs the last two years. Like, everything Rob said was reasoned and factual, much like the man of the same name who you're talking to right now. RJ, the uh, NBA announced uh, the uh, national schedule and national TV schedule. Do you, Where you are down in the beautiful valley, do you have access to the regional sports network that carries the Spurs? Is that the way you would partake of them, or do you have to watch them on national? Yeah, um, it's actually a new development. Um, I'm not sponsored by them by any stretch, but I'm a Fubo customer and a very happy one. Nice. Um, and I would say maybe March of last year was when they added the network. Um, right. And it works out works out great for me. Um, they also carry AT&T Sportsnet, so I can watch the Astros. But obviously, you know, with all they, they carry the Rangers broadcast. If you're a Rangers fan as well, they they have their um, RSN as well. So yeah, I, and I mean, I was already really pleased. Uh, as a result of it, then Wemby happened. So now I'm over the moon thrilled um, about that. So, um, yeah, that's no national spotlight. In fact, I don't get to watch um, the TNT broadcast because that's one of the only wow. channels. Fubo doesn't Fubo carry TNT. Out. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah, it Fubo. is odd. Fubo pay that extra money. It's, it's it's difficult, like, very few times a year. March Madness, I got to use the TNT app. Shout out to my in-laws and their direct TV login. That's illegal, uh, but, uh, RJ. We don't do such yeah. things. Nope, never. I mean, I, well, no, I do it at their house. Next oh, door, there you like go. In the, in the bedroom next door. Obviously. Using the Wi-Fi. So, I got you. Yeah, um, exactly. Same thing. Are you going to go with your your good buddy Rob and, you know, plant your flag with Deuce Vaughn as RB2? Um, I mean, I, I'll do respect to my favorite Rob. I mean, Rob is, is not alone on this mountain. No, I, no, I, no. I, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, like, Rob is like, you know, circa 1955, like, guys, this McDonald's, this is pretty good food. Like, I'm thinking about buying some stock. Like, that's, I'm telling you. That's kind of what, what this is, Rudy. Like, um, and that's my thing, like, on Juice Juan. Um, and I do think there's, like, a, a straw man argument happening about him. Everywhere you look, it's like, man, you know. X-Factor. All, doubted oh, his, yeah. Well, it, it's like doubted for his size, and, and my comeback is like, who's doubting him at this point? Like, who? Like, who, where is the doubt? Like, this, I haven't heard feels it. Feels like, yeah, th- there is nothing but universal praise and joy for him, which is a good thing and a great thing, and I'm, I'm very happy about it. But um, I mean, actually, I wouldn't say he's the RB two. Um, I would say he's the RB one B. Exactly. I know that those are semantics, but no, it makes he, sense. He is, I know what you mean. He's. He's not your, like, oh, Pollard's hurt. Let's give the 20 carries to Deuce. No, he has a defined role on offense. He's not a starter on your depth chart that Rudy J obsesses over. But he is somebody who is a part of your game plan as a result of his own individual skill set. And that's just like R.J. Ochoa. you got to blame game plan for him with that particular skill set he brings. It's always a pleasure, R.J. Have yourself a fine weekend. I hope that you both eat a delicious baked good. 